The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Aging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. All right, we will get back to the conversation we were having about mm-hmm. uh, misused uh, words from that um, report from some executive business. But right now, we do want to switch back to our coverage of uh, the Humboldt Broncos bus crash. As promised at uh, this time, we'd get an update for you. For that, we've reached out to Adam uh, McVicker, a global Saskatoon video journalist. He's been covering the Humboldt bus crash over the last few days, spoke to us yesterday. Uh, He's back in Saskatoon today after uh, several days in Humboldt. Adam, thanks for joining us again. Thank you for the opportunity, Adam. What is uh, you, we we keep hearing about uh, the t- the trainer uh, uh, Dana Bronze? Uh, what what is the latest on her condition? There's been a lot of speculation today about what exactly her status is. Um, the Saskatchewan Health Authority has wrote, made a media release for the family saying that she's still in critical condition right now in hospital. So that's the latest we have is that her status remains unchanged. Uh, in that critical condition uh, right now. Okay. And uh, as far as uh, any of the other passengers on the bus, uh, uh, do I understand some have been released from hospital? Uh, there have been some released from hospital, and we've, we've definitely been speaking to some. And then there's also some other success stories within the hospital, hearing about some players um, um, slowly but surely making their way through recovery um, and we're hearing some some definite stories of strength and heroism in there among some of these patients that are slowly uh, getting back into a bit of a routine in hospital mm. yeah I suppose the top of uh, or at the top of that list of uh, inspirational stories would be uh, Ryan the 18 year old yeah who got into a wheelchair today mm-hmm. Um, fought his way into a wheelchair. Boy, that's uh, that's just such a... That kid is such a story. Well, I, I, I honestly think that after all this situation is is long in the past and, and these and these players get back to some sort of a normalcy in their lives, I believe Ryan's... We will see a lot of Ryan um, around the around the country. I, I believe we'll, we'll see his success story uh, emerge and uh, it's going to be an amazing thing to see. Hey, Adam, just wondering, we're getting a lot of questions, and I don't know if you can answer this question about the GoFundMe money. You know, it's uh, it just keeps racking up. It's over, what, $8 million now. Has there been any outline or, you know, a team put together on how this money is going to be used, where it's going to be used, uh, how it's going to be split up, anything like that? Well, as of right now, and according to the SJHL, because obviously they did do that press conference where they talked about the, the assistance program they were putting together and getting donations for, that GoFundMe money is going to the team. It can't go anywhere else but to the team, and it's up to that organization to divvy out how that would work. It's going to take quite some yeah. time. I mean, that's a lot of money to go through, but as the math works out right now, that's over $300,000 for each of the victims' families, uh, all 29 people who were on the bus, uh, that's kind of how it divvies out. Now, we're not sure if they're going to divvy it up uh, exactly even across everybody. Um, that's still 
we're still waiting to hear how that's going to happen. But the money that was raised with the GoFundMe has to go to the team. It can't go to any other uh, areas uh, okay. until the team receives it. And, and that's ongoing, that fund, right? It's not been closed? It hasn't been closed yet, and, and it seems... Uh, we were talking today uh, while we still had a quick break for lunch today, and it grew a couple hundred thousand dollars while we were just sitting having a conversation for lunch for maybe 10 minutes. It, it, it continues to grow, and it's growing at a staggering rate. Even now, I think, I believe, what are we on day six yeah. now after the crash uh, happened? And it's, it's absolutely incredible to see. $8.7 million wow. right now. $8.7 million. Incredible. Uh, raised by uh, just over 105,000 people in uh, four days. Let, let me ask you a very odd question, Adam, if you don't mind. Um, because we've talked at length over the last few days about how this has affected different people, whether they were directly connected or not. Uh, but among those more connected than most of us would be players on other teams. Mm -hmm. This was playoffs. The the team was headed to a playoff game. Um, mm -hmm. What's going on with the league? Is the Are the playoffs continuing? Well, uh, they were playing the Nipwin Hawks. You are correct. They were playing the Nipwin Hawks on their way to Game 5 in their semifinal series in the SJHL playoffs. And uh, the Nipwin Hawks, we did speak to them uh, the day after the, the crash. They met at the arena uh, with their coach to kind of debrief and go over everything. And the coach said, you know, the rivalry between these two teams was strictly on the ice and that a lot of the players on the, both these teams, because of the close proximity and, um, you know, they all grew up in similar areas, a lot of friends between those two teams. Now, the Nipwin Hawks, they did practice today. One of the coaches of the uh, Humboldt Broncos happened to be at that practice. He was not on the bus, but he was at the Nipwin Hawks practice today helping out with that team. The SJHL, they had a conference call today around noon with the Board of Governors of the 12 teams. They all discussed what would happen with the playoffs. There have been reports that the playoffs will go forward between the Nipwin Hawks and the Estevan Bruins, but we are still unsure here. We're working to confirm with the Nipwin Hawks and the, and the league right now uh, about when that would be happening or what's going to be happening. Unconfirmed reports right now, um, but we're working to confirm that here at Global, uh, and we'll hopefully get the latest uh, later on this afternoon and, of course, on globalnews.ca. Boy, oh boy, that's going to be, uh, be emotional, tough. powerful, yeah. tough when uh, all those boys get back on the ice for the playoffs. I would imagine so. They were they were unbelievably emotional uh, the next day after the crash. But even the night of the crash, the Nippon Hawks went to the church that opened its doors for the victims' families to wait to hear updates from emergency services to get to get help from victim services. Uh, the Nippon Hawks, the team, the players went to that church to help in any way they can as the community came together immediately following this uh, this terrible crash. Adam, I'm, I'm interested to know, uh, last question from us, but uh, you've been covering this. It's a horrific story. That's your job. Um, but that doesn't mean you, you're not human. Um, as you move forward and look back on this, what will stand out in your mind? Is there one aspect of this story that you'll never forget? Uh, the the major aspect, I believe, that I won't forget is the absolute positivity that came out of this tragedy. The, the, the stories of the people who could do... I always go back to that 17-year-old I met. Uh, I, was in, I was in Nippon Friday and Saturday and then went to Humboldt on Sunday and spent three days in Humboldt. I, I met a 17-year-old boy who went to the high school. He works at the Boston Pizza. And his, his way of giving back was picking up extra shifts 
and and taking food over to the arena and to some places where they needed it, where supports were needed. And that was his way of giving back. And he said, you know, I don't know how to give back. You know, he's a high school student. He doesn't have a lot of money. So this was his way of helping. The T-shirt shop, all those people trying to help the team out, all the volunteers at the arena who put together such a beautiful vigil and such a beautiful place to come and pay your tributes and pay your respects to the team. These people were grieving while they were organizing all of this. Just the absolute strength coming out of Humboldt is is something that I will never forget. And seeing everyone come together over this and all the support coming from around the country, it's something that I've never witnessed before in my entire life, and I don't know if we'll ever see it again. Adam McVicker joining us once again this afternoon. Um, Adam, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, Adam works at Global Saskatoon. Thank you for your coverage and thank you for your just simply your time uh, during a very, very busy time for you getting your work done as well. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, guys, and have a good rest of your day. Yeah, you too. you too. So we've been trying to tell you more about the people who were on that bus, and, and the details are coming out. As we said yesterday, some families are, are more comfortable talking uh, than others, but we're learning more about uh, another young man that was on the bus. Every Broncos game behind the bench was a special member of the support staff. Brody Hines was the team statistician outside of the rink. He was a community community builder. Here's Global's Quinn Oler. There's something missing at the Humboldt Soup Kitchen. As those here prepare a meal, they're thinking about Brody Hines. The 18-year-old kept stats for the Humboldt Broncos and was killed in Friday's devastating crash. The whole community knew Brody. His character was second to none. He was helpful, polite, kind, loved to work with people, loved children, just an all-around good guy. Brody had been volunteering here at the soup kitchen every Tuesday since it opened nearly seven years ago. It used to belong to the seniors. It was the seniors hall. James Fulster was his mentor after Brody lost his dad nearly a decade ago. I said um, I mentored him but I think a lot of times he was mentoring me. He just softened my heart. It's incredible, isn't it? Stacy Poss met the 18-year-old when he was a little brother through Big Brothers, Big Sisters. He was giving back to that organization as well. Brody was a face that you've seen in a lot of different places and really uh, a product of a community that comes around a youth that needs support. He also found solace at the local United Church. I'd come to church and he was standing by the door. You know, it, it was kind of a ritual. We'd talk about the Broncos or whatever other sporting events were going on and we'd kind of hash them out before we come into church. It was kind of a routine thing for us. Willie Kozakowski sat in these pews for the first time this past Sunday without the teen. Empty. It was, a, it was an empty feeling, you know, you know, because he kind of used to the, him standing there, but it was empty. Church was somber. It was just, it, it was, it was um, a little tough for everyone. His death leaving a gap not only in the Broncos organization, but in the heart of Humboldt. Brody's going to be missed probably forever. Quinn Oler, Global News. I've been around the world, no matter anywhere I go. Even not in Humboldt. I found my kind of folks. It's about you and who you are. You're always in our minds. As I play with all my heart, I hope you find. That's where I come from And 
that's who I am Hardworking and God blessed Yes sir and thank you man The best things around that I have ever seen Just to look around to see just what I From small towns and big dreams. That's where I come from. That's who I am. We wanted to let you know about a couple of the vigils uh, that are going on. There's a number of them going on as you know. Tonight, uh, Wednesday, April 11th, Grant Fuhr Arena, um, two former members of the Parkland Athletic Club, Parker Tobin and Connor Lucan, were killed in the crash. The club going to hold a ceremony to honor their lives and retire the players' numbers. That's tonight. There will also be an informal gathering in Camrose tomorrow night. That's at the Camrose Rec Centre in the Bears' Den. That's to remember Stephen Wack, who played on the Camrose team for a year and a half and to support one another. And uh, there are um, vigils again tomorrow, uh, Thursday in Leduc as well as in Edmonton. We'll keep you up- updated on that. Um, you know, it began as a small way to show support for the Broncos and the community of Humboldt. The uh, Put your sticks out. Hashtag put your sticks mm-hmm. out has uh, spread from coast to coast. And the man who was the first to put his stick out is Chad Lands, who is originally from Humboldt, now living in Winnipeg. Last night, he joined our Reed Wilkins on Inside Sports and talked about the idea and how it all came about. Yeah, you know, it really, it really wasn't even an idea. It was, you know, I think uh, just a culmination of the weekend in and of itself. You know, it. I think to some degree I was maybe a bit surprised at how overwhelmingly emotional the weekend was, even, you know, for a guy having grown up in Humboldt, but, you know, really haven't lived there now in, in 20 years or so, although I go back often. Uh, you know, the whole weekend, you know, was incredibly emotional and, and I think, you know, culminated in, in the vigil on Sunday night, you know, watching the camera pan through the crowd and, and, and seeing the faces of, you know, friends and family and folks you worked with and folks you went to high school with. And, you know, I, I'm of a vintage now that, you know, I went to high school with, with some of the parents of the kids on that team. And, and uh, you know, it, it, uh, it just kind of built up over the weekend. And, and I think, you know, like folks that grew up in a small town many of us have moved away over time and we live in different parts of the world it uh you know as the night went on i i think i just felt some need to kind of be connected especially to that group of people that i I grew up with there and 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 there's some irony in it all in that you know those that know me know i have a a fairly distinct aversion to social media i don't uh, don't have a facebook page i don't have a twitter account i don't know what the snapchat is um, but I did want to kind of reach out to those folks and, and uh, you know, the inspiration for the stick, uh, you know, I don't I didn't really have one. It just seems like something to do um, to just kind of show um, some solidarity with, with the community and, and, and with the team. And, and the original intent was to just text it out to a few folks, uh, you know, that have spread themselves out over, uh, you know, the better part of North America now that are all from Humboldt. And, uh, of course, Mundy was one of, of those guys. 
and I really only got it out to a handful of folks and then and then kind of didn't think much of it and uh, you know the next morning got a call from Brian and uh, he said uh, I don't know how to tell you this but I tweeted your your text and I think it's kind of blown up um, so I think uh, I think he might have been a little concerned I might have been upset with him but um, you know in the end it's it's uh, I think it's turned out to be um, something that may have been helpful for lots of folks yeah, you know, it's, it's been, I guess, you know, a little a little bit overwhelming. Um, you know, I just got back from a walk here in Winnipeg with my family and, and you know, walked by, you know, no less than a dozen sticks out, out on the doorsteps here in my own neighborhood. And then even, you know, to the degree, as, as you've talked about it, I, I think it just speaks to how how visceral, you know, this, this tragedy has been to everybody and how close everybody feels to it. And, and that, you know, I think everyone feels that could have just as well been them or their kids or their, you know, neighbors or nephews. And, and I think that, you know, connection, I think when when you grow up in a town the size of Humboldt, you know, you're only a degree and a half of separation from virtually everybody, let, let alone the, the, the Humboldt Broncos. And I, and I think, you know, tragedies like this sometimes have the ability to kind of make, make the larger community, um, you know, uh, feel like they're only a degree and a half away from each other as well yeah you know i think it's like many many communities you know in the prairies uh, just like it you know and we talk about resilience and and of a people i mean it's a farming community you know that's built on on the resilience of of the folks that that have been there you know for a long time so uh, no doubt that's there but you know the importance of a, a team like the broncos to a community like that as you well know you know living in a small town it's you know, as I mentioned, you're, you're a degree and a half away from virtually everybody. So if you don't know them, you probably kind of know them. You just probably didn't didn't know it or want to want to uh, realize how close you were to it. And you know, the, the arena in a small town like that. I was joking with some friends before. You know, how many hundreds of Bronco games have I been to? And I probably watched 50 of them because as a kid, you spend more time running around the rink than you than you do actually watching the game because it's, it's just the social hub of a long cold winter in Saskatchewan um, so that the hockey club then becomes just you know a pivotal part of, of the community um, you know again I, I think I was a bit surprised at how, uh, how overwhelmed I was by emotion and, and I think it's just a reminder you know I'm you know, uh, quick to point out where I'm from, and I think it's the same as, as you've mentioned. You know, I, I, I wear it fairly proudly on my forehead um, often, and have um, had people reach out uh, from from all over the place, um, and and with really raw emotion, um, you know, offer their condolences and, and just to let them know that they were thinking about everybody back home. So I, I've been granted, you know, neither the right nor the authority to speak on on behalf of Humble Dog Broncos, but you know, I think just to anybody out there that that uh, you know is listening just a, a heartfelt thank you I think to to everyone um, you know talking to folks back home and um, you know just the gestures that that have been out there just from too many organizations and people to mention have have been um, you know greatly received and appreciated and uh, just want to say thank you for everybody for that the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.